So let me okay. just start. Great. So good morning, everyone. This is State of the Arts NYC, and this is your host, Savannah Bailey McLean. Um, this morning, we are very pleased to have the dancer choreographer, Jonah Bakar, on the line to talk to us about some exciting news that he has with his dance company. So Jonah, thank you for joining us from the West Coast. Absolutely. It's a great pleasure to join you. It's 8 a.m. in Palo Alto, and I'm very honored to be at Stanford, um, where I've received an acknowledgement, which is the more visiting artist. And it's great to talk with you. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of your show. Well, thank you, because I'm a fan of you as a dancer. And uh, you have some exciting news to share with us, because your dance foundation uh, just was able to... Um, settle on a second facility in Brooklyn. And that's kind of important because when it comes to finding spaces for um, visual artists, dancers, other types of um, performance artists, it's kind of tough in New York City. And the fact that you were able to pull this off with your partner, John Jaspersy, I think that's uh, a real accomplishment. So. Tell us a little bit first about the Center for Performance Research and then how you were able to make this all transpire. Sure, absolutely. Thank you, Savannah. It's been a long journey. Um, the name of my organization is called Jonah Bocare Arts Foundation. Mm -hmm. It has three banner programs. One of them is uh, a dance entity that you mentioned. It's called Jonah Bocare Choreography, which tours quite a bit. Mm -hmm. In fact, we have dancers here at Stanford, which is a pleasure. Um, mm -hmm. There was a first facility called Shea Bushwick. There still is. It is stable and has been loyal and keeping its promises on affordable space in Brooklyn since 2002. Okay. And so that's exciting. We, we began as a free and $5 space, and we keep uh, those free and low-cost programs going. Um, we've often been called New York's most affordable workspace. Um, mm. Following the success of that, uh, I've been able to have the opportunity to oversee, structure, and support CPR, Center for Performance Research, of which I'm a co-founder and co-owner, um, which has been tremendously exciting. Center for Performance Research is housed within Brooklyn's first lead gold building of its kind, size, and type, um, which is a thrill to be able to offer that to Brooklyn on a different kind of level and with infrastructure. Okay. So the uh, this for my nonprofit organization is the second of three uh, affordable art space initiatives. Center for Performance Research is based in Williamsburg, which still stays and remains a, a vibrant neighborhood and a hopping neighborhood. But we hope to, to continue this in perpetuity as a lot of vital spaces have closed yes. due to the, the rent increase, due to the change of zoning in the Williamsburg waterfront. Uh, due to market factors such as transportation. So it's a thrill. And what my organization is able to report on is the completion of its portion of the mortgage. Um, we are now a mortgage-free organization and have have the opportunity right now to even expand to Hudson, New York. Um, Wonderful. Where with cash prizes, I have 
have purchased a third facility. So it's a tremendous time. I feel quite honestly humbled to be able to offer this and uh, to deliver on my organization's mission, which is very much about providing dance, public programming, and affordable workspace. So you're one of the few organizations in New York City, and I mean dance organizations, that really can say this. I believe Alvin Ailey uh, is one um, organization where they might be mortgage-free. Then you also have uh, a couple of other organizations uh, uh, groups. Um, Bill T. Jones has a facility in Chelsea, uh, New York Live Arts. You also have Dance Theater of Harlem. Uh, they have a facility on 152nd Street. There's another um, uh, dancer, um, former dancer, who also has a facility that she's able to offer affordable um, spaces uh, for dancers in the city as well. There's just like a handful of institutions. So this is pretty um, uh, important. Would you say you're the only one in Brooklyn that can say they're mortgage-free, or are there a few others? Well, I think what you're picking up on, Savannah, is the is how rare this is for mm-hmm. dance organizations. Yes, it is. Um, that is that is a a thrill to I, I agree and it's a thrill to agree with you. This is very rare. I think my organization, Jonah Bukarat's Foundation, is now underway with a five year business plan. So mm-hmm. we take the planning side of it very diligently and very seriously. We also tend to work with a great number of multi year grants in okay. order to provide these services and also to keep the price points stable. Uh, my organization partners with Prospect Hill Foundation, the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, Ford Foundation, and many others. We're actually now continuing the dialogue and reopening the dialogue now that there is no mortgage and perhaps the structure will change for the better, actually. Um, that's you know to be announced a bit later, but we are looking at also our colleagues in the field and to, to forefront this conversation is not only the positive news, but really gathering the facts about where are we at with dance space in New York City and mm-hmm. also with affordable dance space in New York City. Um, I feel passionate about these issues from the beginning, since 2002, okay. and also for a time had the chance to serve. I was very honored to serve on the board of Dance NYC. Yes, um, I was there this weekend. Is- Oh, great. For mm-hmm. the symposium. Yes. 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 They do just a tremendous job. And uh, as a former board member, I, I was able to appreciate the data that was, um, first of all, gathered mm-hmm. and then second of all, made use of to understand the great amount of dance that occurs in New York City and to, to analyze the data, be it the number of companies, the number of companies that need space, and the very, very few number of companies and nonprofits which own space, which you're right, it's it's very few. Um, I think that then becomes even smaller in terms of the number of entities which uh, own mortgage-free. So that is a, that is a distinguishing factor. Um, speaking personally, what I'm expired to do is then consider, you know, I'm still... Uh, in my 30s here and, and looking to... Really? You're that young? Oh, my God, you're like <laughs> a baby to me. <laughs> well, no, well, no, I'm definitely not, actually, but that's kind. And I think what it brings up is what can we 
what can I do from here? What can I offer from here if this is a stable platform or model that can be um, that has had the gift of some early success, then what do we, what can we do for Brooklyn moving forward? I am also based in Brooklyn since mm-hmm. the beginning, and and um, want to reaffirm my my loyalty to that, and also to uh, providing services. Well, one of the things I spoke to um, the current acting executive director for Dance NYC, Alexandra Duque Cifuentes. And one of yeah, she is. She was bubbly all weekend. And one of the things that I spoke to her about um, was the issue of public spaces. That there was such, there is such a demand for art, but yet there's not enough venues for small and mid-sized groups. That we should be looking at public spaces, and I have been advocating that for a long time. And then she told me how she too was thinking about the same thing and how we probably need to come together and work on that because it's all about the permitting in New York City and permitting whether it's outdoors or for a facility like yours it's 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 cumbersome and so right. we need to all work together across disciplines to really advocate for that because New York City overall has gotten so expensive as right. a city for performers and for visual artists that, you know, a lot of people are leaving the city because they just can't afford it. And that's not good because the future then of the arts in New York City will then be um, in crisis if we don't help develop and stabilize groups so that they can continue to uh, perform. Um, Another thing that I, I feel is important is more collaborations. And I think you do that quite a bit, don't you? First of all, this is this conversation is a pleasure. I completely agree, and and the the word I would use is subsidy or mm-hmm. subsidize. Mm-hmm. I know that the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs, um, with whom I continue to work very closely, as does my organization. Mm-hmm. The current commissioner is Tom Finkelpearl, yes. and he has a tremendous staff. Um, the we work closely with them, and the word I would use is subsidize. Um, the DCA, I think, is the largest funding entity in New York City. In the country, um, too. Is that right? Yeah, is that right? they're one of the largest well, in the country as well. I'm pleased that you have your, your facts this morning. Um, that's, that's, I'm thankful for that. I have my cup of coffee, but, the, <laughs> but you, really have, you really have the facts. I was looking at attending the Dance NYC Symposium mm-hmm. as a former board member, especially some of the panels on space. But... To answer your question, we're going to have to stabilize the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate to move to Bushwick in 2002 and obtain a facility, um, actually a 3,000-square-foot facility, which concurrently to making my own work I made publicly available mm-hmm. um, for other groups to use. And this quickly became pretty much around-the-clock kind of usage. And I think that's due to the need that you're describing um, you know, which I which I really agree with. That's your, that's a great point. We will have to also pay it forward, right? And to look at younger groups, um, and perhaps the changing needs of younger groups too. I happen to agree. I think that um, my peers and also artists a bit younger than me are looking to collaboration, um, and a more fluid model of making work. Uh, 
also drawing on other forms such yes. as performance, yes. uh, per- performance art, visual art, and I think I've been very careful about about how to design initiatives or let's even say programs that might be able to act as the container for this. Um, so that is a, that's a way of me agreeing with you is that the collaboration side that is happening in New York and in the outer boroughs is very real. Um, and how we're going to pay that forward for young people is constantly on my mind. Okay. That's, that's good. Because um, <clears throat> when I look at Europe, which, you know, they're going through a lot of change too. It's not, you know, uh, perfect. But nonetheless, Europe has for many decades um, supported, subsidized, or just outright um, paid for um, spaces or um, operating budgets for performance groups, operatic groups, visual artists across the continent. And when we compare that to the United States, the United States has a very... um, different philosophy, and I think that has hindered a lot of development of American works and picking up on all of the nuances of American life, from the rural Midwest to um, the southern, you know, marshlands to urban cities, and I'm very concerned about that because it's more about money and it's and you can't just say, well, you know, you got to get ticket sales when you're not cultivating an audience base. So if it's the arts is viewed as elitist and people are having fewer and fewer access to the arts, then you're not going to have much of a future going forward. So that concerns me. I, I agree with that. I would add and harmonize with you on a subject that's often related to this. Mm-hmm. I think you've mentioned the economic side of it and the diversity side of it is huge. Um, I, I come from a half Middle Eastern background and the, I think that, you know, in terms of audiences, which you mentioned, it's going to be very important that uh, ticket buyers see themselves inside the institutions or, or on the stages that um, that they that they wish to attend at night or to a matinee or bring their families to, and this is a um, we're in a nation that has unbelievable diversity and yes. it's an asset, and we don't always know what to do with that asset or talk about that asset. I think it's often um, you know riddled with with tension and mm-hmm. with uh, and also with the we forefront the problems, but I, I look at. Uh, Brooklyn and have lived in Brooklyn since the beginning and really look at that as one of our greatest assets. Um, I would add to that that families have a particular capacity to bring it together. And I I think when you when you get um, when you get to the program programming side of it, I notice showtimes in Brooklyn being a little bit earlier, 30 minutes earlier. or more matinees, and I think that's maybe there's a transportation side to that. But I think as soon as there's an audience-friendly, family-friendly accessibility uh, ADA factor, then you're positioning an organization, or it, it could be sometimes in my case is a facility that's able to welcome all people. Huh. Um, 
that is very uh, that is very much on my mind as well. I'm speaking I'm speaking broadly here um, in response to your points, but I, I I think that those comments hold true for Brooklyn. Um, and I'm I'm maybe they're fresh on my mind just taking this interview from California because the um, I am so inspired and overwhelmed by these young people that I see. It's it's uh, um, and particularly in an educational context, um, really the uh, the prominence of representation from Asia as okay. well. Um, but I, I hear you. I think that the accessibility factor too remains key and is going to remain key for Brooklyn. I like that. I, I did not know that because um, I kind of split myself these days between um, Manhattan and Brooklyn mm -hmm. when I do things. Um, and uh, that that's a very important observation you just made there, that perhaps mm -hmm. people are paying attention to their demographics and where families are growing and they're seeing an opportunity. And if you have right. more families with more children, here's an opportunity to develop that next generation. That's a very good observation. I like that very much. And I think more and more people should talk about that. How do we make things more family-friendly? And so, therefore, we can try to um, bring in that next generation. I know some people like to focus just on arts in the schools or arts mm. education um, believe it or not, I, I'm more for the family-friendly um, model because when I was growing up in New York City, um, schools had relied on families to decide uh, what sort of cultural activities they wanted their children to engage in. So schools right. limited themselves to maybe chorus or orchestra or theater. But in your neighborhood, you had someone that taught piano, mm. trumpet, etiquette, dance. And so I like that because it was more mixed. And mm. those people served as role models. And um, you had to respect those people. And you provided them also with an income. So there was this uh, vitality in neighborhoods. And I right. miss that. And I would like to see more of it. And I think your research facility is trying to do that, wouldn't you say? Well, here's here's where I agree with what you've just said in a in a big way, the and what the data shows as well. The neighborhood of Bushwick, where my organization's first affordable space is and remains, it's a predominantly Ecuadorian neighborhood actually, mm. and that neighborhood is swelling and changing, um, in a in a in a tremendous way. I don't think it's being overpriced yet. But I do see a tremendous influx of artists. And what I think that is doing is it's creating a kind of economic um, helix that we need to understand and that we need to think about. Um, and, and when Bushwick Open Studios occurs, it has uh, over 900 active art spaces. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, huge, yeah. that's a huge promise for, for culture and for what it can do. A lot of the programming is also free. Um, moving over to Williamsburg, where Center for Performance Research was opened in 2008. Um, and that facility, like we, like we mentioned, now has no mortgage. Um, that, the zoning of that facility 
on Manhattan Avenue in Jackson is a community facility. Oh, okay. Um, That was done so deliberately. It's a ground floor community facility, which is ADA accessible. So all of the pillars really are in place um, with that. However, Williamsburg, you know, has a has a different demographic, and I like that you mentioned the demographics. Mm-hmm. There, um, there is a, a tremendous and traditional Italian community and a Hasidic community. Mm-hmm. Um, Boricua College is not far away. That's true. Um, with the with the BQE, you get all kinds of access. You get a real main transit line for for all boroughs and even upstate New York. But what you also get is a tremendous and very new family population, including in the development of, that that houses us, which has eight residential units, many of whom are families. Right. So the the um, the family raising in Williamsburg is huge. It tends to be more towards the waterfront and mm-hmm. the big, um, the the actually what I would call the very noticeable, sometimes dramatic shift in development along the waterfront. Whereas oh, yes. we are off of Graham Avenue um, with the Williamsburg facility, Center for Performance Research, um, which is a little bit more. Uh, it's it's a little bit more old school Williamsburg, mm-hmm. to be honest, um, where you get the names of the streets in different languages ah. via via Vespucci. I love which I absolutely love, and you still get the the Polish deli or the mm-hmm. or the Italian butcher. I think that that's all still there in this particular part of Williamsburg. Um, that's that's worth taking a look at with the. With a facility that's zoned as a community facility, um, so I think you know that's a way of agreeing with with you. Um, I'm able to publicly say now that due to prize money, um, I was able to purchase a third facility, which is in Hudson, New York, um, very close by to the Marina Abramovich Institute in Hudson. Um, Congratulations. She, yeah, she she very generously serves on our honorary board. Um, and is a very leading performance art innovator. Um, Hudson has, in my view, a very similar urban fabric to Brooklyn. And the population, one of the majority populations in Hudson is Bangladeshi. Mm. Um, And so that's a, you know, there's a kind of likeness and trust, I would say, I don't know, given my background and the, the, actually some of the audiences in Hudson, which are untapped. So we'll be doing some pilot programs in August there with a, with a new grant as well. Well, this is fast, fascinating. I'm so happy for you, Jonah, because you really have been working very hard and um, diligently. <laughs> He's like, yes, I have. I've been working very hard. And um, no, this with is a smile. yes, but yes, always with a smile and always very graciously. I always have to say that you've always been very gracious to me, and I've seen you interact with others. You're extremely gracious to folks, and I think that good energy has brought you uh, this wonderful opportunity. So I just want to thank you so much for you know spending this time with us to tell us about the developments, and um, I'm hoping to catch up with you later this week because um, I'd like to talk to you further about a collaboration I would like to do with your group. 
Oh, my goodness. That would be, well, Open Doors. We've always done amazing work together in and on behalf of Brooklyn. Um, for those listening, we also welcome Savannah to the Glass House. Oh, yes. Um, which is a tremendous crossover collaboration. Um, again, no stranger to collaboration and to, to architecture. That was in 2017. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to get current with each other. And I, you know, I avidly subscribe to your show. So we should... Um, we should make that happen, and I hope everyone is is getting ready for a fantastic spring in New York City. Um, and hope everyone will come out and 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 spend some of their time in Brooklyn. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too, and thank you. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye.